And welcome to the podcast. I am Ross and I just turned 49. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Mm. Happy birthday, dear Ross. Mm. Happy birthday to you. And I'm Phil uh, and I turned 47 in well, about eight days time. Yeah. We'll be, uh, we'll be in Australia when, we, uh, when I turn... Um, well, I turned 47 and I can assure you it will not be the best birthday ever because even though I will be in Australia, we would have landed the day before and I will be jet lagged uh, fuck. <laughs> I, was, uh, I spent my, what was it, four years ago? Four, oh fuck, it was like four or five years ago, <clears throat> I can't remember now, uh, I spent that birthday in Melbourne for the festival, for the film festival. Oh, blimey. It was really cool, like it was really enjoyable. It's cool. It's cool, but the jet lag I thing. Is, I was exhausted. Yeah. I was completely exhausted. We've um, we've uh, we've as you know, I'm I'm a I'm a theatre fan. So we decided we were going to go and see a show whilst we were in Australia, and we're going to go to see oh. Sweeney Todd. Oh, um, cool! At, at the Sydney Opera House, which I thought was like oh, a very cool way of doing it. But again, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I'm going to be awake. <laughs> coffee, coffee, my friend, coffee. Coffee, 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 coffee. Anyway, we're not here to talk about my trip to Australia, although we will talk about that when I get back. Uh, we are here to celebrate episode 149 of Ross and Ooh. Phil Talk Movies, um, as long as I've labelled them all right, because otherwise this will be a very awkward thing. But, which means the next episode, Ross, the next episode we record, which won't be for probably a month now, will be our 150th episode spectacular. Goddamn. Goddamn. Um, and by the way... And by the way, when I say 150 episodes, it's actually, um, we've actually done in total um, a lot more than that. In fact, with all the bonus episodes, we're up to 198. So if I if I look at this right, uh, yeah, our, our 150th episode will be actually be the 201st episode we put out. Wow, that's crazy. I know, it's not bad, is it? There's some, um, there's some strange maths going on in there, but yes. Yeah, I know, yeah. Trust me, when I was going through and re renumbering them all, because I'm that guy, um, I was just like, there is some weird shit. Anyway, how are you, my friend? We haven't spoken for a few weeks. How's Ooh. things? All things going well? Good, thank you, yes. Uh, not much to report, but uh, relatively, uh, aside from how insane the weather has been for British <laughs> summer, uh, it's been uh, pretty upbeat, thank you, and yourself. But, but what's ironic is whilst we are swimming, Europe is on fire, and you just kind of think it's just also, a bit of a weird. China, isn't China underwater right now as well? Yeah, it's just it's just the weirdest it's thing. Um, but it's okay. We're doing more North Sea oil drilling, and um, you know, I'm fine. Putting... yeah, if absolutely fine. And and don't worry, electric cars will solve everything because <laughs> electricity <laughs> comes out of the sky, apparently. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, well, actually, that's entirely possible. That's possibly true because when I first went to Bournemouth University in 1994, uh, I was put into a sort of a, a guest house run by some um, people with interesting beliefs. Uh, one of those <laughs> beliefs being that one of these beliefs being that if you didn't seal up electrical sockets when you turn them off, which you had to turn off every day, the electricity could jump across the room and kill you. Oh, wow. I, I never knew yeah. that. That's very quirky. No. no, I never knew that beforehand, and I still don't know it now, but they believed it completely. Wow. I mean, there's a mm -hmm. podcast just on that, I think. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> but we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about movies. And we are going to catch up on a few movies and a TV show uh, that we've been watching recently. So we'll do a little bit of a kind of... Um, We'll talk about Oppenheimer because that's the one we need to catch up on and then we'll just catch up yes. on a few movies and then we get to about an hour and we'll be done. So that's <laughs> the plan for today. Um, so let's let's talk Oppenheimer, right? Like I'd obviously not seen Oppenheimer the last time we recorded. You had. I opted to see Barbie first. Um, uh, yes. I, in a way, I'm glad because uh, I, went, I went and saw Oppenheimer at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And I'm going to be honest and say... That is an intense film to watch at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Well, we, we, we watched it at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. in a completely packed out cinema, and it was a very strange experience. But it brings the feels, midday, doesn't it? Holy shit. Well, well finishing around midday, 12.30, you, meant you still had, felt you had most of the day left, you know. Yeah. I, I just remember coming out of the film, and, and I was just like, like, I, I, the best expression I could use, and I mean this in the most positive way, because I loved Oppenheimer, but I felt like I'd been skull fucked by that movie. Oh, a little <laughs> it's bit, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. it's really intense. And what's what I loved about it is, yes, obviously, you know, um, Killian Murphy is fantastic. You know, Florence Pugh is great. Um, but like... There's so many other great performances in that movie. Like Matt Damon oh, yeah. is fantastic. Um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is just He's incredible. oh my god. Uh, David Crumholtz is great in it. Uh, yeah. Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine. Really but I tell you what, my point about um, Robert Downey Jr. is the first mm. time I've seen him act in about thirty years. Well, I agree. I think. I think. Um... I don't know about you. I'm fairly sure an, uh, an, an Oscar nod is in the offing film. If if not, it would be look. This film has this film has Oscar written all over it, right? But not in yeah. that way that people make films to be Oscar bait. No, this is genuinely it's Oscar worthy. It's Oscar worthy rather than Oscar bait. Yeah, and this is genuinely one of those films where you walk out and go, "I wouldn't change much about this." Like three hour runtime no. didn't drag. Fantastic yeah. performances, fantastic music, fantastic the music, screenplay. The music was extraordinary. Music although, was although I did watch a film, which we'll talk about later, that has music that's even better than this, yeah. but for completely different reasons. Um, like the direction and the cinematography. And do you, do you read, like, I, I didn't read the whole article, I just read the headline, but I read an article that said there is no CGI in this film. Didn't read that, and I would be surprised if it was true. Uh, hey, you know, Noland is a purist, right? He shoots on yeah, 35. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know they 70. made that. I'm, I'm aware they made that explosion for real. I'm not saying, I, I, let me be a bit more specific and say, I imagine that there was very little copious CGI in it. Like, as in, like, as in it wasn't done to have, like, obviously yeah, CGI that... battles and stuff like that or whatever. Or whatever. I'm assuming he's referring to the explosion because what else would require CGI anyway, except for changing buildings and things. You know what I mean? I yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I, we I, use CGI to change skylines and you know the sky itself and stuff. So who knows? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I would I would expect that there was it stuff. It felt very real. It all felt real. Do you know what? I never even thought about the idea of them using CGI. It didn't even cross my mind. No. I didn't either. The film included, uh, Noland says that the film included zero CGI shots. Yeah, I don't know. 
But that, that, the, the director was not attempting to claim there was no CGI in Oppenheimer. He's instead right. saying there are no shots in the movie that were entirely created using visual effects. Right, well, Nolan and Egg right. still work together on various parts of the movie to add CGI to what's film practically. So basically, yeah, yeah like you said, yeah. like removal and, and, hard, and bits and of hard, yeah. Things, yeah, okay, well, that makes sense. I mean, that's pretty impressive, even so. It's like, very impressive. Yes, of course it is. Absolutely. In camera, look, Hoyt Van Hoyt was cinematography. It's extraordinary. It is extraordinary. And do you know the other thing I loved about it is mm. the explosion, the bomb bit, mm. is, is like about an hour and 50 minutes into the movie. And I was yeah, like, okay, where, where the fuck is this going now? Because, right. you know, yeah. it's like, it's like crude analogy, but it's like a porn film, right? When you get to a certain part, you know, you don't want to see there's an hour and a half left on the runtime. Yeah, you know, are they just going to be well, cuddling for an hour and a half? I think we're happy, right? It's all talking about the weather, like the favorite sports themes. I think what was interesting about it in general is to frame it essentially as like a legal drama was a really clever idea. Yes, I think it's a really, really clever idea. <clears throat> the only thing that slightly confused me at the beginning, but not for long, was right at the very beginning, they have two captions that appear fairly close together. One was fission, one was fusion. Or fusion yes. and fission, whichever way around. And I took that to mean but the black and white stuff was one thing and the colour was one stuff. But it isn't, isn't it? It's basically fusion is everything coming together and then fission is everything afterwards. Which kind yes. of makes more sense of it. So because the reason it, the reason I got confused initially, only initially, was when Robert Downey Jr. started appearing in colour sequences. Because yes. it felt like it felt like Robert Downey Jr. was just in black and white scenes, essentially. And, it, and, he, and he was for a significant amount of the time. Significant. There was um, a weird convergence yeah, moment, that, right? Where... Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and, and like, yeah, that did confuse me a little bit, but but I thought it, it, it handled its multiple timelines really, really Extremely well. well. And, and like I say, when I think back on it, it was just that it was a for a few moments. It was not me going, oh, I can't follow it. It wasn't that. It was, I, I, I think the other thing is I initially thought that the, they were going to be like chapter headings. Yes. Because yes. Meetings, and that did confuse, it did confuse me when we didn't get it. I want to say confused. I mean, I gave it a little bit of thought. I think the film was masterful. Yeah. I, 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 I think it's, I think it I is. It again, soonish, you know, soonish. One of the things that really surprises me, not, it doesn't surprise me about Nolan, I don't know why I'm saying that. One of the things that continues to impress me with Nolan is how he has genuinely become the... You know, we say on this podcast, there are, there's no go-to action stars other than Tom... Or no go-to stars now other than stars. Tom Cruise. There's no go-to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Tom Cruise is probably the only actor that can open a blunt. movie. Let's be blunt. That's not for much longer. No, it's not. It's not going to be for much longer. Not. I love him. I'm excited. But I'm genuinely worried about what's going to happen afterwards. I I I wonder if after um after MI part two Dead Reckoning fifty eight whatever it's called um, I wonder if he'll retire from action films at that point. I've got to wonder. <clears throat> I mean, but there are different types of action films. You could be doing action films. Look look at Charles. Bronze. I'd love to see Tom Cruise do a damn day Charles Bronson. Um, the, the problem is, even Charles Bronson didn't look very good by the end of the Charles. Yeah, but I don't Bronson mind films. that. No, no, I don't. Let, let's get him creaky. Let's get Tom Cruise all creaky and stuff. I, I think that very different. Imagine Tom Cruise doing Death Wish, like legit. I mean, a serious, like a good version of Death Wish. I'd love really to see him do. Kevin Bacon. I, I think Kevin, Kevin Bacon's version is still probably the best version, death sentence, right? Like, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. Imagine Tom Cruise 
being along the lines of that. Or Tom Cruise doing a Taken. I forgot really gritty. Keep the action really gritty. Yeah, I've forgotten all about Death Sentence. I love Death Sentence. I think it's Death Sentence, Sentence is a Sentence. brilliant film. Yeah, it's true. I genuinely forgotten all about it. How yeah, random Faith is that? It's just what I think. Because let's face it, it's not a very heralded film, is it, really? But it's terrific. Yeah. It's not, but it should be. It's another one yeah. of those. It's, it, that's where the that's where the industry's genre snobbery comes in, right? Because like, again, film should action film should be getting again back to sort of that. Yeah, that's kind of where action film should, or back to dare I say, the very first Taken or the French Connection, or what, <laughs> the yeah, very, like just the very first Taken. The only. Are you, are you saying that? Are you saying, yeah, I know, I was going to say, I don't know why you said the first Taken, Ross, there is only one Taken. There's only one Taken. Um, but like, hey, Denzel's still knocking it out, right? Like, you yeah, know, yeah, Equalizer 3 looks I'm, solid. I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. I mean, I know mildly excited about it. But again, those sorts of films for me just work. We, uh, Niffy and I watched the first two. Those films just work. They work really well. I wasn't and a huge fan of the grounded. second one, but. Well, I, I, see, I see that too, but it just works. It just, it just does what it's supposed to do. It's fine. I'm, I would like, like to, to say, s- maybe, maybe this is the disposable film, if you like, but it was perfectly yeah. watchable. I've seen it three times. It's perfectly fine. I would like to see... You've seen that three times. You still haven't seen Avatar. Criminal. Um, yeah, I would no, still like to see... I, so is Avatar. I would still like to see um, Tom Cruise doing... Do, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but I would like to see Tom Cruise doing an acting movie again. Like like Downey Jr. Oh, let's has get done fir- let's, get another, let's get another fir- Let's get another film. Let's get another film. Let's get something like that. You know, get, get him in a legal thriller or something or whatever. Just, oh, I, I I'd love to see know, him do something like that again. Yeah. I love, I, too, I've, I've got the firm out a number of times recently. I will be having that film on again fairly soon because it's just extraordinary. It's so classy. The music is incredible. He's incredible. You know, the firm is just a terrific movie. Yeah, the firm, the firm. In fact, all of those, all that little period few of John Grisham well. films, right? Few Good Men, of course. Few Good Men. Yeah, you got the firm. You got Few Good Men. You've got Time to Kill was a great film. I just the Quiet. Yeah, they're all yeah, girl like, 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 we, we, yeah. like, like, we, we, like, that's the one thing. Yeah. Like, we're going to TV later. Pelican Bruce good, yeah, yeah. Um, like it's one thing that TV, like, we've been watching The Lincoln Lawyer and it's completely disposable oh, yes. shit, right? Yeah, completely yeah. disposable shit. It's fun. But it's fun. Yeah. The cast are yeah. good. They have good rapport with each other. Yeah. Like, there, there are a couple of weird moments, like the guy dating Becky Newton um, in the in the show, and you're like, hmm, I can't help but think he's punching a little bit above his weight. Yeah. <laughs> like, considerably. Um, but, like, yeah, it's, it's solid, a weird I thing. Haven't seen season, I haven't seen season two yet, but we enjoyed the yeah. first First half's good. First half of season two. That's yeah. like they, they've literally just released the second half like this yeah, week. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. But the first half of season two is, is, is again, it's more of the same. It's one of those sure. TV shows that you literally Reliable. just go, yeah, you just put on and go, hmm, okay, fine. Um, yeah. So, look, um, any other thoughts on Oppenheimer? I thought... Um, I just think it's terrific. I really... So, again, to emphasise this, it's a three-hour film. I didn't go to the toilet. I didn't feel the need to go to the toilet. And I was drinking. Like, I wasn't like I was like, making myself thirsty i sat there enthralled by it basically yeah and i think i think the person who's going to get the least acclaim for it is is killian murphy yes because because unfortunately he's terrific in it but he's not going to get any i don't think he's going to get any he might get nominated i think he'll get nominated for sure i think he will but i'd be amazing i'd I'd, I'd, I'd be terrific in it 
Mate, that's got the BAFTA written all over it. That is that yeah, is an actor, and I don't mean this. You're right. No, no, you're I don't mean it disrespectfully, but the BAFTA tends to lean on to British actors in leading of roles. Of course. Um, he, he'll he'll get the BAFTA he'll win, he'll for win, sure. He'll win all the. He'll win almost all the BAFTAs. And it should like there's genuinely there are good films out this year, but this is on a, a different level of. This is again, and you know we talk about this all the time, right? Cinema and film. Right. Yeah. This is cinema. This is yeah. pure cinema. Yeah. Right. The storytelling like, some... is incredible. Yes. Also, it's not. Again, it's... Sorry, go on. Sorry. God, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's another Schindler's List, right? It's like, I'll maybe watch it another time at some point. It's not going to be a film I watch a lot, but it is fantastic. All I was going to say is, again, and I know this is a bit, um, uh, what's the word? I don't know, who cares? Uh, again, I think this is the film that a lot of people think that Nolan's other films are. For one of their own, and that's not even putting any of his films down. Even we know my opinions on certain of his films. This film, to me, is a it. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, it, I don't it, disagree. I, 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 I think he's made I, other I'm masterpieces. Trying, I, I mean, I disagree, but that's not the point. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But it's, it's like, but but what I mean is, I think this is categorically a masterpiece. I don't think yeah. there's debate on it. You it might is. not enjoy think... it. You don't have to enjoy it. It's a masterpiece. I think he's now made two films which I would describe as masterpieces, which I think for a, a director anyone, that's only for made... Anybody. <laughs> for anybody. But for a director that's only made a handful of films, there's yeah. probably only Spielberg, Coppola, um, and even Coppola's is heavily swayed towards, like, like one one film series right like he's yeah, made other good films but also, but... His, but also i've got to say i genuinely stand by this the godfather and godfather 2 are a masterpiece together i mean i think they're both brilliant there's nothing i'm not taking away from those films i think you put them both together and they are a masterpiece individually it's debatable but they're incredible movies i'm not i'm not I'm just, I'm being very specific about the use of the word masterpiece. i don't disagree with you actually i think they are incredible Yes. Like the Godfather, the part movie. two is a ten out of ten movie. Yeah, and I think weirdly, it's better than the Godfather. I think it's actually better than the Godfather. Yeah, but it is. That's 100%. why they work to get back. That's why they work better together. But you need to watch the Godfather to get to Godfather yes, two. Yes, you do. And, and it's not a good. It's not a bad thing. No, no. And Godfather makes Godfather. I think the Godfather makes. I think you're right. I think the Godfather makes the Godfather two a ten out of ten. Yeah, or the other way around. It might be the other way around, possibly, but it doesn't matter. Oh, it, potentially, it, but to, together, together. I'm just in terms of the fact that I think a lot of people say, I believe, agree with them or not, Godfather Two is somehow the better film, which I'm not sure I agree or disagree. It's probably the more entertaining film, yeah. if that makes sense. So and, I think you put them both together, and then you've got that. You've kind of got that everything, and I think it's the same yeah, with Rocky yeah. One and Two, different level, but Rocky One and Two together are. Well, again, they, Superman. They make each other. They make each other better. Superman one and two. I, I, you will disagree with me on this. Yeah, a little bit. And you will, but I don't think bit, Superman, yeah. the original Superman, is. A f I don't think it is. I don't may. I've got to be really careful how I phrase this. I get. Right. I get what you're saying. I, I, no, I let me like, let me caveat like this. Superman two. My problem with Superman two is because it's just Superman two is the more enjoyable movie. Yes. Like, I think, again, it's more of a, a bit like... Godfather. Well, there's no Superman in Superman 1. I, I forgot that. that Superman doesn't come into... No, but Superman oh, comes into oh, He comes film. in late. He comes in really late. So yeah. late. And when yeah. he's in it, but that's because, he's only really because, in it for a short period of time. He doesn't do very much. Speaking, 
relatively. But what he does is he saves the entire world. Well, but, yeah, at its high impact. At its high impact. Uh, and, yeah. But, but but two is much more. Yes, you're right. Two, and two is more in the right way comic booky. It's just a shame. Yes. Two, it's just a shame that two is not as good a film overall as one, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I think there are bits together, of two that are incredible. There are bits of two that, well, yeah, yeah, I just think that two, the best bits of two, which are basically Donna, I'd love to, I, I know this is really obvious, I would have loved to have seen, because the Donna cut is fine, but it doesn't really do the job. Like, I would have loved to have seen what Donna would have done with, with that, because I think we would have been talking Godfather 1 and 2. To yeah, a degree, I, I mean, not the yeah. same degree, but to a degree. No, I agree. I think there's there's the just something about there's something about the Godfather. Too. Sorry, there's something about Superman. Yeah. yeah, when you put it next to so I do you know my problem with Superman, right? Mm. Like my problem with Superman, and it's just a small thing, and it's and I didn't notice it till I rewatched it when it came out last year, and it's mm. not a diss at the film. I still think the film is fucking brilliant, but yeah. I I don't think it earns its ending. Like Superman is not in 70% of the movie, right? And then when yeah. he arrives, he basically doesn't do much saving cats up trees. The Pretty much the first thing he does is he turns the world backwards. And, and at that point, I'm just like, you, you leave that film going, well, there's nothing or no one this guy can't beat, right? This guy truly is well, Superman. Until you, Nothing's until, ever going to stop him. Until you bring in the, the other contenders. Until you bring until in, you sorry? Bring in, until you bring in Zod, not an Earth. Yes. Which, which kind of, is... It kind, of, it kind of works, but I know, I, know, I know what you're getting at. There's no... Yeah. In the first one, there's no opponent that could possibly match up to him. No. And you, you, then again, you kind of... But then again, they're introduced, but then again, they are introduced again. But, yeah, yeah. you know but, there's going to be a part two, so... But you, you yeah. don't... You don't... I, I never thought that Superman earned that ending. It was kind of like... It was almost too big. Yeah. Like, it, it, made, it would make sense. It would make sense truthfully if that had been at the end of the second movie yeah the very end like yeah i i, I agree I, I don't disagree and then superman 3 is properly broader. fucked yeah because i love it it's, it's i love, no, no, I love it's, superman it's richard pryor and super, richard it's superman appears in a richard pryor movie anyway i think we've gone slightly off piece here um, are, the, the other director i was going to say that, that that's probably made two masterpieces back to back um and probably one of the few that have made back to back masterpieces i would say tarantino yeah, but possibly not we the two films skipping... that everyone thinks. Just quickly, Pulp though, we and Jackie thought... Brown. Well, yeah, I, no, I was going to say I would say Pulp and Jackie Brown. Although, although Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is ex- even though it's quite recent, it is a masterpiece. It's, it's close. It's clo- it is. I think it is. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think Pulp Fiction is, is is his obvious masterpiece. If that makes sense, it's the most Tarantino-y masterpiece. For what I'm there, I'm saying it. Like he's not going to get more Tarantino-y than Pop Fiction. But that's no, good, he's really you know? not. Because that's kind of the apex of it. And then Jackie Brown is his best movie. I'm just unquestionably. But once upon a time in Hollywood, I I've seen it what four times now, and I think it is his masterpiece. And it's and it's kind of a flawed masterpiece if that makes sense. There's so yeah. much. There's so much in it that's extraordinary, and and there's so much in it which is show don't tell, which I love, considering how verbose his scripts are. But I think it is his masterpiece. And if, if what I'm trying to, for what I'm sort of comparing it to, weirdly, to another director is is Boogie Nights. I think once upon a time in Hollywood, there's some comparisons then with Boogie Nights, kind of. I think it's just because it's a period movie. Uh, really. I think I, it's just the, the storytelling. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think Boogie Nights is, is is still incredible. And and as a quick, I know we're going off a bit here, but but here's the reason why this the word masterpiece is interesting to me in our 
current conversation because for the first time ever this week, I watched There Will Be Blood. Oh my God, literally, this is so random that you are saying this because we are, obviously we're going on a flight, right? Yes. So yes. the two films that I have never seen, that I, two of my films on my list of films I've never seen that I need to watch are No Country for Old Men and There yeah. Will Be Blood. And I've literally... Right, now that's weird. That dude, keep, keep, sorry, keep going because I've got something else to tell you then. Because I'm that's literally true. downloaded both of those movies to watch on the plane. Right. So Not together, because I don't want to do that. That's fucking intense. But I'm right. like, both of those films I have to see, and I need well, to be, and, and like, well, well, like, yeah. So, yeah, so it's so weird that now, you say that. I didn't know that you hadn't seen No Country for Men, so I will stop. I'm going to say a couple of quick things, and then I'll stop talking, because that's very interesting, because I need to watch No Country for Men again soon. Because, so first of all, tiny, tiny random note. When I went to see No Country for Men in Brighton, that was the night that we all heard Heath Ledger had died. So that was an interesting little point, a little bit of trivia. However, having watched There Will Be Blood, I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to sort of influence your thoughts on it or whatever. I was struck and immediately looked up the fact that No Country for Men is the same year, right? And it's the same Oscar year, right? And one of those films won a lot of Oscars. And finally, having watched the second film, I firmly believe the wrong film won all the Oscars completely. However, interesting. however, this is interesting. This is why I'm really curious. I really am excited you're watching both because I want to watch No Country for Old Men again. Yeah. Like like, like in the next week, for sure, because I've only watched The End of Blood a few days ago. I want to watch No Country for Old Men because I want to see if, it, if I reassess it. If I go, oh, no, 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 that one really did deserve it. Do you know what I mean? I want to I wanna, yeah. see how I feel about it because... I'm very, this is such a nicely random thing between us. I I really want to see, then please let me know what you think of and, and what you think, you know? Yes. I'm very, I'm, I'm really, Excellent. really excited about that. This yeah, is yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. back to what we were talking about, because we've gone so far off piece. <laughs> um, so we've, we've done Oppenheimer. I think we both agree it's a masterpiece. It's my film yeah. of the year so far. It's unseated other films of the year. But, yeah. you know, it because it is just, it is cinema. And so I don't mean that to sound pretentious, but... No, no, you're right. So here's the thing. In terms of cinema, what do you say? Cinema. Um, it is film of the year. I, I'm curious to see if by the end of the year, how much I'm swayed by just films I enjoy more. Yeah, you tend because to do that. You tend to go with films you enjoy, whereas I tend to go with re- films... Yeah. Re- 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 I tend to go rewatchability. Not always, not always. I try to make sure there's a balance of the two, depending on what's been out. Um, I would be amazed if I see a film this year that's more impressive to me. But that's hundred percent. You know who knows? But who knows? And and I think again, part of this is is my sort of love slash hate. I don't hate, but love slash apathy affair with Nolan as, as a director. So, so I, what I mean is, is, do you know what? Oppenheimer, in many ways, is for once upon a time in Hollywood. Because remember my, my feeling for once upon a time in Hollywood, the last two Tarantino films, I mostly did not like. I, th- I know there's good stuff in both of them, but I just mostly didn't enjoy it. The last four the two Quentin Tarantino, five but at least, maybe. But at, least two, but at least two, I was like, uh, you know. So, so we need so to one that. day we need but, to do a podcast about Tarantino because I'm surprised sure, we've never done it actually. We should, yeah, you're right. Hey, maybe yeah. that could be our 150th oh, episode maybe, spectacular, or 200 or 201st one. But but what but what I'm getting at is my trepidation before going into *Once Upon a Time in Hollywood* was 
the last two films I've been like, uh, and this one is three hours. Yeah. And then, and then, like Oppenheimer, I was transfixed. I didn't move. Um, I didn't have a wee break. Isn't that interesting? I'm just saying that's kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying but, is there's a comparison there. Interesting point. Oh, no, interesting comment. I think what we'll actually do is make this our 151st episode, the Tarantino one, and we'll call it the 150th. Like Tarantino said, he's only made X amount of films and really he's <laughs> oh, made yeah, Y. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good joke, that. I thought, I, I'm quite proud <laughs> of that. I sat here thinking about that. Um, good. All right, so we've talked about one film recently. We've talked about loads of films that aren't recent. Let's talk about another film. Have you seen... I, well, I want to do this, and I want to talk about a TV show. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen this because we haven't discussed it, but have you seen Talk To Me yet? Yes, I have. What did you think? I really want to talk about it. Um, I okay. Good, because that's super, what we're here on the I, podcast. Yeah. To do. <laughs> I super enjoyed it. Yes, and, but with a couple of caveats. Quickly, hundred percent. The main, the main caveat is I think it unfortunately does fall down somewhere in the last uh, twenty minutes, fifteen twenty minutes. But the last fifteen twenty minutes are still really good. They're really yes. good. But I feel like there's either a scene missing or something. Something disconnects in the last 15 to 20 minutes. However, it's incredibly well acted. Like, incredibly yes. well acted. It is beautifully shot, particularly for a relatively low, but well, I don't know, it's 10 million. I don't even know what it is. Five to 10 million Australian dollars. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll check. It's like, small. It was. It's small budget. Uh, the acting is incredible. The cinematography is incredible. Like, really beautifully composed. The editing Ross, is 4.5. US. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah. So, so maybe six Australian, I guess. That, which, like for that, that for that incredible. amount of money, that yeah, is incredible. absolutely Miranda Otto. Awesome. Miranda Otto is probably the only person you'll recognise in the movie, and she's brilliant in it. In fact, my favourite scene in the whole thing <laughs> is a scene that could have been in any movie, which is a scene where Miranda Otto, as the mother, is interrogating all the different kids in the different rooms. Of oh, my God. That was brilliant. That, was that could have been in any movie. Absolutely brilliant. Could have been yeah. In any movie. So here's a little thing. I don't know if you know about it. So have you been listening to Mick Garris's podcast? Because he interviews the brothers who directed it. Uh, I haven't. I haven't listened to that one yet. Right. So very quick. I'm not not to spoil anything, but one of the things about this film that make that is interesting, certainly to me as a, as a writer director, is that they actually wrote these cat. Most of the characters in Talk to Me were from another film, and then they transplant. Essentially, they'd written a project with these characters, oh, and then they transplanted those. Characters. So that's kind of interesting, right? I, I mean, I don't know what other changes they made, but you know, essentially, because I think these characters are really, really well rounded, and and it's a very young uh, pair of uh, twin brothers, in fact, who, who directed, wrote and directed it. And that's just a little tiny bit of trivia. One of their first jobs, it wasn't necessarily the very first job, but one of their first jobs was working on the Babadook. Well, it makes sense, right? That feels right. it's got elements of that kind of. Do you know this is this is the, for me. This is some. This is something that I I would love to see more. Like the Australian film industry has always been this kind of grindhousey renegade. Back to the days of Hannah, right? Like our yeah. friend um, Dilly departed. Yeah, yeah. exploitation. Dilly departed. David Hannah, right? It's so you got fantastically well put together film. The original pitch for the film that talked to me was kids get high via possession. Amazing. It's a really great pitch. It's a really um, and we all know that supernatural films are not necessarily my bag. Uh, no, mine neither. This I'm is, not a fan. A terrific, I don't want to rave on about it, but I it's a really, really good movie. 
I, I, yeah. I, I think it's, it's it, and I'm really excited about whatever they do next. Yeah, yeah. You gave it the same score as me. You, you gave it a seven, which I think is yeah. really fair. I, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I, I went and saw it. The first thing, when it when it gets so, you're not going to like this comparison, but it's a fair mm. comparison. Okay. It's it. It felt all the good. Well, what you hated about Evil Dead Rise, forget right. All the good bits of Evil yeah. Dead Rise, like the splatter, the the mm. tension, the like the limited locate, like like. This year, I have never seen so many good films with splatter in the cinema. Listen, like, I'll include, I would include, even though I don't like Evil Dead Rise, I will happily include it in a bunch of movies I'm glad got made. Yeah, this like, year. Like as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a raft of movies, it doesn't matter if you like one or the other or don't like, I mean, okay, I'd li- I'd, I wish I liked it more. Okay, fine, fair enough. But, all I'm, but, but just knowing that they're getting made, to me is very encouraging and in a world Doesn't where matter. mission impossible has not made a bundle of money it's done okay it's done in a right. world where in a world where marvel films are not making in the world where only two films are actually going to be mega successful this mm. year which is oppenheimer and barbie and that is more due and, to and super super mario brothers as well, and yeah. super mario brothers it's and that is due to you know well, certainly with oppenheimer Can and, he Canny marketing. Canny, but also finally, organic finally. marketing. Yeah, yeah Forget yeah. canny, it's organic. <clears throat> the same with the Gentle Minions last year, right? It's yeah, yeah. it's organic marketing that just happens. Brilliant. Like, you can't recreate it. It's just genuine lightning well, in a bottle. You do wonder if they're going to try some stupid shit. Like, well, like what to what to I, I don't, is it going to be? But no, no, I've got... I've already read the one that people are promoting oh. yet, and it's genius. I'll tell you in a sec. Um, in in that kind of world, these low budget films that cost four or five million, yeah. maybe ten million, that make yeah. eighty, ninety million. Of course, yes. Fucking bang them out all day long. This is yeah, what this is what yeah, excited me like, about Blumhouse. We like when, we, yeah. yes, when Blumhouse was when good. it's dark, yeah, when it was good, and now it's just <laughs> like just Blumhouse just what puts his doing? stamp on every fucking film he buys at can for. A couple of million and go, yeah, Blumhouse, stick it I mean, out. I've been an apologist for them, not 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 heavily, because it was just for a while they started getting spotty, and there was a good one here and not a good one there, and, and now it's just from what I can tell, it's just all bad. I don't know when the last good one was. I'd actually uh, have to, I don't know. I was actually, do you know what? I was just Megan. There you go. Oh, I love Megan. I oh, know I love Megan. Okay, fine. And the Sorry. black phone. I like the black phone. Yes, you know, you're, to be fair, you're completely right. Black phone's great. Ignore Wait. Halloween ends because I did not like oh. that. Um, I liked it loads. <laughs> the year before, mm. Halloween Kills was garbage. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> Forever Purge was rubbish. That was the year before rubbish. that, Freaky. Oh, I love Freaky. Love um, the Hunt, mate, The Hunt. We love The Hunt. Love The Hunt. The Invisible love Man as well, even though yeah. Boyas got a better oh, we, ending. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Now, at this point, those films, up to then, I know all the films are pretty, Not all so, of them, but most of them are very good. This year, Megan, it's Insidious the, the Red years. Door, which I'm not yeah. a fan of any of those films. The no, Exorcist no. Believer, which looks oh, horrific. No. Oh, no. Have you I not seen the trailer? No. I'm trying to There's, stay away from They're it. doing three. Okay. I'm, doing I'm, a, I'm okay with this. Directed sure. by David Gordon Green. Well, I'm okay with three, this. That's yeah, that's kind of interesting. Danny McBride as well is in game yeah, so in, uh, by story. Um, and also yeah. doing the Five Nights at Freddy's movie this year, which you could see, be that, interesting. Yeah, that to be fair, yes, I'm interested. They've, they've just made but they're spotty, fucking, right? Was it Fire Firestarter and fucking? There's so oh. many bad ones. Yeah, there's so many, so bad, many ones. bad ones. Um, but look, I think. 
in a world where where like you know big in a world where everyone's getting bored of the big marvel movies yes. and the big dc movies because dc has flopped fucking horrifically this oh, year yeah, right they haven't made money there's um, more to come dude there's more flopping to come from dc yeah Blue Beetle, although it looks okay i think it's it gonna looks, look it's a dc spider-man film so it might do all right but there's nothing do you, do you care about it at all at all um i want to see it but sure. I also know it's coming out when I'm away and it's unlikely to still be in the cinema when I get back. No, I think it's... And I'm only going away for three weeks. <laughs> I think it's going to burn, unfortunately. Although it wasn't a very expensive one compared to the others. No. I think it's um, going so to die on its if, In that kind of world, right, I'm so happy that this year we've had Renfield, Evil Dead Rise, we've had... Um, talk to me. I think there was one other that I can't really think, I can't remember either. Well, Megan, but like, Megan, like you say, there's loads. But even, can I also throw in things like Plane, just because relatively not a big film, like big expensive film, did all the action stuff properly. I know it's not splattery particularly, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a raft of genre movies that are coming out that just beat the shit out of all the others, just by doing it properly. Yeah, they, and they, it's they so nice to see. By doing it properly, that's all. Just, it's just so nice to see like like yeah. just just like just that kind of blur. right anyway good oh, i'm glad you like that I'm, i i like it a lot i also Very like much. i genuinely Very like the bit where the kid smashes his face against the sideboard that i was, was just like oh amazing. my god that is horrible that upsetting upsetting and also but very can we just briefly touch on the opening shots with the way that opening shot ends yes it's incredible incredible um so good incredible. okay so let's go from two films that we absolutely loved to Secret Invasion. Ah. It was, I think that fully summed it up, didn't it? But I went, yeah. <laughs> um, I I liked the first episode. I thought the second episode was all right, but I was a bit worried. By the sixth episode, the finale episode, I was like, this cost two hundred million, thirty-five million, twenty million. Thirty-five million pound per episode, pretty much. Insane. Now, unless Samuel L. Jackson is getting ten million an episode, and he gets a lot, I don't think he gets that much. And unless Martin Freeman is getting, you know, four, was, twenty was million for each episode, he's Martin Freeman in like two scenes. Was he like in the beginning and first scene and last scene, literally? Yeah, right. Um, right. And he was just, uh, in fact, in the last scene, he just walks around, doesn't he? Like he's yeah, freed yeah. from a pod. Yeah, stupid shit. And unless Olivia Coleman was oh. getting a lot, I have. She was the best thing in it. She, she was, was easily the best thing in it. I've never seen a show that lost, not only lost momentum so quick, but literally felt like. Do you remember those old cheap Hulk movies that were like? Yes, this I is the Marvel's the equivalent of. Yeah, this is well, the, the Marvel equivalent. The first one was fun, though. The Return of the Hulk Returns with Thor was fun. Like, I've watched no, that no, film, yeah, like, nine yeah, times. No, no, I know. But what I'm saying is, like, in terms of, like, the feel of it and, like, the budget, yeah. this feels cheap, like Marvel's version of that. Cheap shit. It, to me, it's worse because those movies, as TV was as cheap as they were, were, like, colourful and silly. Yes. And goofy. This has, this had, the opening episode was absolutely, from, Nippy and I both, basically enjoyed the opening episode except for the fact that you can't make london look like russia doesn't matter what you do london yes. does not look like russia i'm sorry it just it just bugs me because of the budget 
Uh, do you know what? It doesn't. It doesn't bug me because I've I've seen Awful. I've seen New York be Canada be New York on of so many course. fucking times. No, I know, now. I know, I know. I, I always we live here. here and we saw. No, oh, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not. But I always there. remember rumbling like the Bronx, mad. right? Like sure. when, when rumbling the Bronx, the there's mountains. mountains. <laughs> <laughs> There's shots of mountains in the background, and you're like, I've been to New York, don't remember many mountains. No, no, not often. Um, yeah, but I suppose movable mountains. Uh, anyway, yeah, you, know, you know, the Queen's Mountain Range. Yeah. Um, so, 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 the Bronx so Mountains. Here's the other thing we've tapped, touched before. Evan Bolton for, for DOP is an incredible DOP. Last of Us is at least that. I mean, there's tons. Of, I can't even. Let's look up Evan Bolton quickly, shall we? Okay, Let, let's look up Evan Bolton. Is it Evan or Evan? I don't think that he said. I think it's Evan. Uh, yeah, it is. It's Evan. Bolton. E e now, The Last of Us, we can agree, is incredible. Yes? Like the team. Yeah. Like, nothing else. The cinematography on, on The Last of Us is truly incredible. And TV by the way, five, it costs considerably less. Yes, he did straight. He's done so many great TV shows. Strangers, uh, Eye Boy is a really fun movie, relatively low budget, but a great. He did The Mum's List, Level Up. He's done like a bunch of small movies. They all looked fantastic. He's done a bunch of TV shows. They look fantastic. And The yeah. Last of Us, like I say, looks incredible. Haven't seen a load of his Secret stuff, is, but The Last of Us I've was seen, great. But I've seen a bunch of it. And even the low budget stuff, and I mean that with all respect, of course, looks great. Like you wouldn't question. The visuals is I guess what I'm saying and of the ones I've seen anyway this show the first episode looked good to me mostly if I didn't even question the look of the first show and from then on barring the occasional scene I thought it looked flat it looked kind of washed out the angles looked really weird to me the cutting was really strange oh, that is responsibility and and I just found the film the, the story the show bearing in mind these are half hour episodes half hour Draggy, flat, plodding visuals of black, like bland as fuck. Oh, bland as fuck. By the way, Evan also directed the best episode. I put sorry, shot the best episode of um of the Last of Us, which was the the one with Bill and his partner. Oh, it was incredible! Yeah, yeah, that episode. So he actually shot that one. So yeah, Yeah. uh, a long, long time. The episode's called. So not only not only did he shoot the Last of Us, he shot the best last of us episode as well one of the best hours probably of tv in the last what few years probably one, yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. so so there's that so this looks now, like shit. Uh, <laughs> as you see, mostly the first episode i will stand by i think it did look good and then one well, it had that kind of, course, of it had that mancu uh mancunian <laughs> mancunian candidate <laughs> yes, of course it did, course it did. well one, yes yeah. you see i thought i thought the show was going to be a paranoid thriller that's yeah. exactly yeah, what, winter like, soldier invasion and invasion of body snatchers yeah. who, is, who is they never ever played on any to my knowledge like who is that oh is that who we really think it is or, no they literally tell you in the, pretty much the first episode who's right. who and you're like, so, so what the fuck is the point what is it what is the point look, so just very quickly we then found out that more than 70 percent of this show was reshot how what this is happening more and more with marvel projects uh, multiverse Madness. Well, it's always to be fair. Project. It's always happened with Marvel projects. This goes back but to. But that's <clears throat> so much of a project. Why do you need to reshoot that much of a project? How badly put together is it in the first place? Well, with that much money, with that much money, but you, I don't, I don't understand how you 
do that. You've I don't, I don't kind know of... how you how do you justify it? And then you come up with something that looks like this. Not something that you've looks kind good. of got to think, right? You've kind of got to think that if they like mathematically, right? If they hadn't have reshot it and the budget had come in at let's say a hundred million or hundred and twenty million, right? Right. Would it, would it have got better reviews and less viewership than it did reshot at 220 million? I think and it would have had exactly the same figures. It would have had, it would have had the same figures. Yeah, no I one's do. watching it because no one's watching it because it, it because they don't know when we're watching it. We don't know that it's been reshot or, or that there were problems overall. We don't we don't know. We'll never know the full shit, right? Like all this acting for a strop and walked off and we had waited well, two days or whatever. We'll never know that shit. The viewers will be the same. And so, they'll turn off. They'll turn off at the same rate, probably. Secret Invasion changed showrunners after principal photography and the new showrunner significantly rewrote every single episode and held reshoots for four months, essentially reshooting the, the series anew. Right. The result so is a combination of two separate creative visions blended and edited together. And there you go. And that's what it is. It comes out of stuff. The, 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 the blended creation of two, sorry, the blended vision of two different creative teams has led to a bland nothingness. Yeah, and Evan Bolter was responsible for the reshoots. Oh, I see. Well, sorry, Evan, that doesn't look good to me. Unless the reshoots were the opening episode, I don't know. The opening episode looked good to me. I, I had no real problems with the opening episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a fucking mess. I think Bob Iger said it best recently, right? When Bob Iger was talking about Disney Plus and, and Marvel, and he said, yeah. the, the problem is we've put, we've, we've, we've gone with a Disney Plus first strategy and it means we've created far too much content. Um, yeah. The content has lost its significance, its importance, and its quality, effectively. And we yes, need to go true. back to doing less and making yes. it better so people actually want to see it. And I think, ultimately, for a CEO of a, a corporate, big corporate, global yes. megacorp, he's spot on, right? Disney yes. of like, let's do all of the all of the TV, even down, to, yeah. even down to how they work now, where it's like they put the CGI out to take and it's the cheapest company that gets it and then they then have to realize the visuals based on that you know it's like that's not how you make a quality it's film make, it's not how you make things that keep people watching or get and new look, people to watch why why would anyone care about marvel that? films have never lost money right every marvel film has made no, money sure. that is the honest answer every marvel film has made money even ant-man and the quantumania of solace yeah. and Doctor Strange and the multiverse of Blair have all made money, right? They all have. So maybe the Marvel formula is, fuck it, they make money, right? And if that's yeah. the case, just be honest. At least it, they're doing something better than DC because DC are doing the same shit. Yeah. Like, and making no money. <laughs> so so from a Marvel Lose, perspective... Losing, they, losing. <laughs> and then again, Disney has lost millions and millions and millions and millions, billions, in fact. But not through Marvel. It's through it's through Disney Plus as a service, sure. as a platform. Like the the Marvel movies are still making money. Like sure. Disney Plus is not making money. Um, and this, I think this is the challenge. Yeah, look, it's it's a fucking mess. Um, is the honest answer, and it's just not. It's really like I'm now. I I have been a Marvel apologist. Like you've been an apologist of of um you were saying at the beginning i've been a marvel apologist for for a while now and like i i thought ant-man was fine i thought dr strange was all right there's some bits in it i liked um guardians was good thor love and thunder 
but you know, I wouldn't watch it again. But hey, loads, that's fine. Loads of the awful. I don't um, But either way, right? Like I've been a Marvel apology sure. in the same way, Ross. Sure. You're you're an apologist for eighties action movies, and you will defend certain eighties sure. action movies to the hill when other people would tell but you they, their shit. But they're not. That's fine. But by the way, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But yeah. Made for no, no, but, but that's not the point, right? Like it's they're still they're all still making. No, 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 because they're also making their money back, right? But that's not the point. The point is, I've been that apologist. At this point, there is nothing that Marvel is making that excites me anymore. Like, yeah. at this point, like, Loki is the first TV show that I'm genuinely going... Uh, it's Talking about TV, and I won't dwell on it for too long, I know you gave up on Citadel after the first episode, and, and well done on you for that. Um, well, I mean, like, look, we, we, well, we've been... We've, we have been to work, should we try it again? But that, that's one thing. The thing we should quickly touch on, just as you're talking about Marvel, is when it comes to Loki, I've never, it's, we stopped five minutes into episode two. Like, like genuinely, we were both just sitting there. It wasn't just me going, you. We were both sitting there going, it's enough of this. It was so better this than that. Enough, this is, it was better it, than it, that. It, was not, it wasn't to us. And maybe it's because it was in the midst of so much other shit. Moon Knight again. Now, I'm a biggest fucking oh. Moon Knight fan. See, episode four, about 20 minutes into the score, I was like, this is enough. This is, I've done way too much See, time. I can't do that. I have to finish it. No, I would want to normally, but I'm like, honestly, what am I doing? It isn't Moon Knight anyway, but I don't care if things, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I try to not think of myself as a purist. It's not about, but it's not exactly like Moon Knight. It doesn't have to be exactly like Moon Knight, but it has to be good. People watching the Moon Knight show, if they think that's what Moonlight is, then you've just lost a load of read- potential readers for Moonlight. Yeah. Like people um, who might go, oh, he's like a fuck. He's like a cool but They clearly don't. They, they don't give don't a shit about the link between... Com- if they did, out? Secret Invasion wouldn't have been called Secret Invasion. Well, of course, because it's got nothing to do with it at all. Yeah. Um, I don't... So I think... Weird. And, and ultimately, look, ultimately, the comic book market is tiny, right? Uh, what does yes. each edition of Marvel comic book sell? 50,000, if that? Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Nowhere near. Probably nowhere near. So the market is tiny, right? Sorry, comic book fans, but it is. It's tiny. So, like, mm. like this is one of the things that really bugged me about when they say, oh, we made changes because, like, we made changes because of the, we, we didn't want them to be the same as the comic. Like The Walking Dead. They, they changed The Walking Dead because they yes. didn't want the readers of the comic book to not be surprised. And I'm like, well done for playing to an audience of a couple of thousand people. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. I'm taking it wrong. I, I was reading it at the same time because I've been, well, I started way before, but I, I actually appreciated, as someone who loved the, the book, what differences they made in the show. I thought it was actually very clever. Nowadays, who cares? Sometimes. No, but I'm just some of them were clever. I thought were done. Yeah, some were really clever. But some of them were clever. stupid. Some of them you were sure. just like, well, just like, well, yeah, like, of just. But I'm just saying, I th- I pre- what I'm saying is I appreciated at the time that they were doing, at the time, that they were doing something. Oh, it's not quite what you think it's going to be. And I, that's kind but of cool. That's just but, it's, like that. but it's like, why adapt? If you're following a source material and you're adapting a source material, why? Am I, I, I got the feeling with The Walking Dead sometimes. Like, like when they killed Carl, like yeah. a couple of months before the comic book actually ended, with yes. Carl being the future after yes. Rick dies, and you yes. kind of go, well, that was the dumbest fucking decision. And why did they do it? They did why it did purely they it? Yeah. because of money. Purely because Chandler Riggs wanted more money. Yeah. And he even moved to be closer 
to the filming to do university yeah. near the location of filming yeah. and then they fired him and killed him off in the show and like that is every well i mean fucking hell, let's the walking dead you could wax lyrical about the differences between the darabont era which could have sure. been the greatest i know i know horror I know. tv show ever yeah. Yeah. And what happened. Yeah, but anyway, so look, Secret Invasion, rubbish. One TV show that I know you haven't seen, and my God, you need to fucking watch this. And I'm just going to talk about it really quickly, Arnold. As in Arnold is phenomenal. It's the documentary. Yeah, yeah I, will, I will definitely be watching Three episodes, one hour each. Yeah. The first one is about his kind of bodybuilding. The second yeah. is about him as an actor. The third is about him as a kind of a politician, a politician. And, and that. Yeah, of course. And... If you didn't love Arnold, and I know we are definitely in that camp already, like you, this guy is smart, driven, driven, smart as hell, smart as hell, right? Genuinely, like I always thought Stallone was the smart one out of the two, but Arnold, like if you listen to him talk and how he plans out his career at every point, Arnold managed to manage to, um, sideways con Stallone into doing stuff on my model shoot. Yes. Is that in the documentary? Because that's amazing, uh, amazing not story. Not really, but it kind he of... Basically made it, he basically made it down in Hollywood that he was chasing his project for stuff on my model shoot. Stallone jumped on it and because Schwarzenegger knew it was a dud. I think there's an element... Amazing? I don't think it covers the whole thing. But so they, they interview Stallone as well and they talk about oh, cool. like how important the rivalry was between yes. them. Course. And how it wasn't real, really. Yeah, of course. No, of but course. like it is genuinely one of the best things I've watched on TV this year. I was just, oh, I'll be, I, was I will be watching it. Absolutely enthralled by it. I was just like, That's it cool. was so good. And I, I watched that just after finishing Fubar, which I thought was great fun. It's not brilliant, but in in terms of kind of like, like he's good. The cast are good. The chemistry yes. in the cast is good. The action is good. You know, it it does. It does a lot of what Secret Invasion tries to do, sure. but for a lot less money, but with a lot more heart. And so we watched the first one, and I won't lie, we haven't been infused. I, I would like to finish it because I love Arnold. So maybe we'll see if we can get to that sort of soonish. I'd rather watch the documentary first. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's great. So look, we're, we're running out of time. So let's pick one film each um hmm. that we want to talk about you haven't seen T- teenage mutant ninja Turtles: mutant mayhem no i'm hoping i think we're seeing it today i think so um all i was saying then is um i really really enjoyed it i think yeah, it so. is it is a brilliantly animated film um it's a film where the the turtles are played by teenagers yes i've seen that in the credits the, uh, which the is like so important right like yeah. And it comes across. It's it also it also genuinely has the best music in a movie this year. You did mention that to me, yeah. Yeah, the, it, it's by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah right. Like when yeah. you listen to the soundtrack, you're like, "Well, that's fucking interesting," because yeah. this is like a, a relatively low budget. Yeah, it's not a huge yeah. budget animated film okay it's got some great pedigree seth rogan sure, and, yeah. and and the whole sausage party gang and stuff but it's got an element of class about it and an element of, in, of fun that i've just not seen and i'm so glad that apparently there's going to be a sequel and a tv series oh, oh brilliant 
a two-season TV series to bridge it all together. And I just like right. cast voice cast great. Jackie Chan as um as yes, Splinter, Splinter as Splinter is inspired casting. And I hear this combination of Jackie Chan and John Cena is much better than the other one. Oh my god! Did you try watching it? No, not yet. I'm, I was going to do it on the plane for fun. I just don't waste time. Honestly, I'm 33 minutes in, and I'm like, this is absolutely just all I tried. And some people have said to me, oh, you should watch the last half hour because it's got some Jackie Chan fights. Like, <laughs> no. Like, I don't care. Like, I mean, I might do that just to see what they're talking about, but I do not care. Cena looks... So I'm a big fan of Cena. I'm certainly a bigger fan of Cena than I am with, like, The Rock. We're well, talking stuff. Hidden Strike, by the way. Yeah, Hidden Strike, which is the yeah. fourth title for that film. It's, it's just awful. It's, it's awful. It's immediately awful. Awful. And, like, the editing is really straight. And... Just to be really clear about this, this film was filmed, wrapped, sorry, just before we started filming Vengeance 2 in 2018. That's oh, how wow. long it has taken. Yep. That's how long it has taken through various, I'm sure, business and distribution shenanigans to even come out. Cena, for real, looks like he just doesn't give a shit. I've never seen Cena look like that in a film or TV show. He always looks fully engaged to me, funny as fuck, charming, whatever you think, even if he's playing like a, a bit of a... Uh, a sort of a, a, a very direct bad guy like in Fast 9, he always looks like he's there, he's there, like he's engaged, so to speak. This one, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm not joking, I watched this film for Cena. Like, maybe there's something interesting there. It's just... Uh, if you're going to give it a go, go for it, but I honestly, I genuinely don't think you should bother. I really I, don't. I, I think, what's the fucking point of it? I think those people that are saying you should watch it for the Jackie Chan fight at the end probably need to realise that just if you're watch watching... The, just watch the end then. Just or, why you watch the or, or just watch one of the much better... I have not watched... I yeah, genuinely just watch have not a good watched Jackie Chan film. Yeah. I've not watched a Jackie Chan film since maybe 15, 20 years ago. Maybe. Because oh, yeah, I'm just like... Something. Yeah, well, this is it, right? Like, like, genuinely, is there any Jackie Chan film for the last 20 years I should watch? And mm, I, I don't think there is. No. I could be, I could be I wrong. The most recent films that I can think of are like Rush Hour 1 and 2 and Shag by Noon. Because at least they're fun. They're the American films. But they are fun movies. Both, both movies are fun. Yeah. I'm not saying they're good Jackie Chan films, but they are fun movies with Jackie Chan in. And yeah. that's it. That's the most recent stuff. Fact. I'm just going to quickly go back and see the last Jackie Chan films. Well, I do that, Ross. Why don't you talk about um your film? Because yeah, look, go and see Turtles. It's fucking brilliant. That's all I'm going to say. Right? Gonna it's genuinely it. brilliant. It's genuinely great. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, talk to see what there is. Obviously, we watched. Oh, I watched Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning one again, and I liked it yes. even more. And even the, the bits that were confusing to me weren't so confusing. And the, the only thing that really stood out still was the repetitiveness of the dialogue. That was that's yeah. stood out. But it was I, I found it even more because I didn't really have any expectations. Now I just knew I enjoyed it with those caveats. And one of them kind of went away. So that's kind of nice. Um, nice. I'm just thinking, does it all have to be new films? No, you can pick one film. Okay, let me just quickly spin through a few then. No, um, one. One film. Pick oh, one right, film all right, you've watched okay, recently to talk about. All right, then. Well, just <laughs> That's two the like. rule, man. There's two, there's two I like. Um, Go on, you can okay, two. okay, two. We watched, Liffy and I watched, the 1997 remake of 12 Angry Men. Okay. Directed, directed by William Friedkin. 
which is fine. It's a TV movie. Uh, and the cast, let me tell you about this cast. So you've got um, you've got Jack Lemmon playing the, uh, the Henry Fonderwell. You have got, so let me just do this quickly. Courtney B. Vance, Ozzy Davis, George C. Scott, Armin Mueller-Stahl, Dorian Harewood, James Gandolfucking-Feeney. What? Uh, what? What? Yep. Tony How Danza, did I not know about Jack this? Lemon. Yep. Tony Danza, Jack Lemon, Hugh Cronin, Michael, Michael T. Williamson, Edward James Olamos, William Peterson, Mary McDonnell. Uh, what? It's a fucking incredible cast. And here's the what? thing. I could, I could have the 1997 version of this film I can just have it played all day. It's a masterclass. Okay. What, so, so two things that are interesting. The, I love the original version, of course. The original version is one of the best films. Blah, 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 blah. What's immediately different, partly obviously the, the multiracial aspect of the casting, which is fantastic. It's amazing. Aussie Davis. They're all great, right? Courtney B. Barnes. So that's, really, that's a really good updating, obviously. There's a few updated references, but it is about 88% the same, the same film. Um, one of the most interesting, notable differences in the style is Friedkin, being 1997, can use handheld camera. So whereas in the original, in the original movie, what they did about the claustrophobia was to obviously make the set smaller here and there. Yeah, yeah. extremely clever. And if you if you're not, you you probably won't notice it, but that's what they did to make it more claustrophobic. In this film, of course, what they do this version, the handheld camera is used to kind of like close down on the, the people, and it is terrific. It is terrific. Um, both versions. I mean, I love both versions. Uh, hugely recommend. This is a film you will not regret watching at all. It is gripping from the beginning. Sounds like a good one for the train. But- Oh, oh, yes. To, well, anything, honestly, to, you will just not forget. I mean, if you love the original film, you will absolutely like it. Even if you don't love it as much, because obviously, you know, if you have wanted to see the original, it is, it stands and, on its own as a piece of work. Mate, the, the, the thing between originals and remakes has never bothered me. Like, I've no, never been that purist that says, yeah, no, but I've never been that purist that says, just because there's a version of it, I can't watch another version, right? No, well, like, look, for some me, of the best movies ever made are remakes. Scarface, yeah. Thing. There's loads the of things. Yeah. Remakes. Yeah. Cool. So this, right, is just, this, is just, this is just a, this is just a literal remake. Oh, well, very quickly, dude, if you're interested, in October, I believe, there is going to be a theatre production again of it. That's what I'm thinking about. Which I'm very <gasps> oh, excited oh yeah. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah, in. yeah. Let's, well, let's think of that. I think it's October. So that's I'm in. great. Okay, so there's that. And then the other film, very briefly, and it's one that you might consider unremarkable, but it's Kick-Ass 2. Well, no, hold on. Hold on. Before you say anything on this, Mm. this Mm. is, I have a weird take on this. I did Mm. not like Kick-Ass, right? Kick-Ass, I thought was a bit too try-hard. I thought it was a bit meh. Everyone else Mm. was raving about it. I was like, yeah. Yeah. When Kick-Ass 2 came out, I fucking love Kick-Ass 2. And I was like, I was probably the only person out there going, well, I think this is actually better than part one. And I'm not doing it to be controversial sure. or contrary. I actually thought it was a better movie. I enjoyed it more. I thought it was more fun. So I like Kick-Ass 2. Carry on. Great. Well, so, yeah. So so the, the, key, the key defining difference, I guess, between the two, I think, is that the first one is somewhat of a satire on superhero films, although obviously there's a lot of action in it and stuff. Whereas the second one is basically a superhero film, which is an interesting shift uh, and probably a necessary one. The action in the second one is incredible. The music is incredible. The music in both films is incredible, like incredible. Um, 
And yeah, we both, again, really enjoyed it. The only thing that, 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 that becomes a bit grating, but it makes sense, but it is a bit grating, is, um, was it McLovin, uh, who's the motherfucker, which is a great, I love that yes. name, the motherfucker. The motherfucker. He says fuck so much in the movie. But after a while, you just go, can you just, it's a little bit embarrassing. I, I, it is on purpose and it's character driven rather than just being for the sake of it. It is the character. But I, I was like, go a little bit like, oh, could you just, you don't need to keep doing it. But I mean, it is, it is there for me. It's a very minor quibble because otherwise I think the film is fan bloody tastic. It's a really enjoyable movie. Like really enjoyable. And in fact, Niffy described it as, being like surprisingly rich in terms of the stuff that actually have like the actual story stuff in it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, I loved it. Loved it again. Interesting. It. I've, I've always, interesting. Enjoy, always enjoyed it. Always enjoyed it. Like as a fun movie. Yeah. Like, there is sort of more going on than maybe you think initially. Oh no! Hey, look, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, I'll, I'll end it with two films, right? Really quickly. Um, I've started watching all the Nightmare on Elm Street films. I watched the first one. Oh. The first one is. Fantastic. It's still a great, yeah. well-crafted horror film. It's I'm up to part... scary, man. It's fucking it scary. Is. Like, I'm up scary. to part two. Part two yeah. is not a great sequel. Um, it has a couple it of isn't. nice moments, but Freddy's barely in it. He's barely in it. The swimming pool scene still really scares me. The swimming pool scene is great, it's but really scary. the film like, really itself, yeah. it's the yeah. male antagonist, the male kind of protagonist, antagonist, yes. whatever, yes. Uh, doesn't what, really mean? work. You mean the um, female although, because you, know, you know, have you heard? Have you ever seen Scream Queen? Only the first my, season. My, 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 no, no, Scream Queen, as in the documentary about the making of Number Two. Oh no, it's no, I haven't. Scream Queen, my, the, uh, my nightmare on Elm Street, because he basically had a lot of. So it's called Scream, comma Queen, like Scream Queen. Oh, nice. Elm Street. It's the main actor, Mark, whatever his name is, about like all of the appearances he makes and, and essentially what the film did to his career. It is a bit worries me. It is, yeah. but it's, up, it's ultimately uplifting. It is a very interesting documentary. Well, so the one thing so I do like about the, the film is... The subtext of it, you know, all that stuff. That's yeah, really yeah, good. well, that's what I was going to say. One thing I do like about the film is how it really plays on that kind of um, closet, like the guy being film. kind of... It's queer Yeah, it is a, it is a queer film. It's 100% a, um, a queer film. It's regularly programmed. The film is regularly programmed at LGBTQ... Um, uh, and, and right, here in London, and he appeared, he, go, he goes to quite a lot of it. Yeah, and rightly so because, and that that's the yeah. angle that I liked about it a lot. Yeah, the problem is, the problem is, it doesn't do enough of it, and yeah. ultimately the kills are a bit boring. It it, but it's because it keeps it too sort of closeted. stuffed down. <laughs> yeah, they should have actually, they should have actually. I mean, they couldn't have. Well, it feels, too. it feels like. It, and I don't know this for sure. It feels like the writer had an idea of where he wanted to go with the story, mm -hmm. and the studio was kind of like, "Yeah, that's great, but that don't play to our audience. So can you just tone it down a bit?" I it feels a bit like that. I think that's part of it, and also the actor himself. I don't remember if he was in the closet at the time or not, but he yeah. was. He is gay, and I don't remember. So I don't know if they realised how that was going to play. You know what I'm getting at? I don't remember. Yeah. The, the documentary is fantastic. It's definitely worth watching. The documentary. I watched that. It's not. It's not, the, it's not easy viewing, but it is worth watching. The other, the other, the other issue with it is Freddie spends far too much time in the real world and not the dream world, I which agree, makes no that, sense whatsoever. Mate, you're right. It, make, it makes no sense. Although the swimming pool scene again, I'll hold up. Is yeah, that genuinely look, the, terrifying. The, the swimming really pool funny. scene is fantastic. It yeah. just, it just needed to be. 
it just needed to have a better reason to exist. And again, yes. like yeah, if if they carried on from part one, you know, at part one, she brought Freddy into the real world. Yes, 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 exactly. So they could have absolutely, my sequel, and again, we do this all the time on this podcast, my mm. sequel would have been Freddy, we brought Freddy into the real world, yes. and now we have to send him back, kill him, and you and know, obviously send him. Yeah, yeah, and in the, like Freddy in the real world for part two in a queer horror film yeah. would have been fucking genre defining. But yeah, sadly, sadly it wasn't. It touched, uh, but it does, it does touch, it touches it, but it doesn't really get there. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's a lot weaker for being a lot lesser. Like if also, it committed you're more. Two, you're about to watch two incredible films as well. I know, right? I love three and, three and four. four. Three and four together are a bit like Rocky one and two. <laughs> yeah, two. three and four. Three and four together are really incredible films. Brilliant films, right? So, so yeah. look, I'm super excited about kind of what I've got coming up. But yeah, like for me, like two is a bit of a letdown. Anyway, yeah. look, that's uh, that's probably it for this podcast. Ross, where can people find out more about you? Oh, please come and say hello at Ross Boyask on all the social things. Please also follow at Evo Films UK to follow Evolutionary Films and also at Vengeance Film UK as well. Excellent. And we are on all the social media, so go and visit Ross and Phil Talk Movies on um, uh, Facebook and you can follow me and find me online as well. Just one, before we go, one quick thing that probably is worth saying. There is a reason why they reshot the show for Secret Invasion. And okay. the reason was apparently it was it had some considerable similarities to all the stuff that was happening in Ukraine and um oh, and all of that. So that was what the original show was about, pretty much. And That's then weird, they were keep, like, keep it, keep, "Keep it topical. Why not just keep that?" No, like, but I think let's keep it topical. And I think that there's, there's too soon. I think mm. apparently it just had an error of too soon. So that's okay. why. Anyway, look, thanks for listening. We love you lots and we'll be back soon. Take well, in fact, we'll be back in about a month, so not that soon. But there is a special there is a special bonus episode coming up, which was Matt's interview with a uh, British actor Craig Fairbrass around oh. a, uh, a which was from like years ago. Uh, I'm just rerunning some old film exploitation interviews. So we're gonna put that one out um, because obviously Fairbrass has a new film coming out, another Rise of the Foot Soldier film coming out in a few weeks. So I figured it'd be a good time to put that out. So that'll be out in the interim, but we'll be back for our 150th episode, proper episode um, in just over a month. So take care, speak to you all soon. Have a great summer and bye. Goodbye. We bye. love you, goodbye. Bye bye. bye. bye, -bye.